Hello and welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Quibell, known to my friends as Marv, and this time I am speaking with Christian, Harvey and Angus, who's got two middle names from Shouting is Funny, who do the fantastic, hilarious and, I've said, Muppets and Monty Python-inspired Chronicles of Wild Hollow. Hey guys, thanks for being here. Lovely to, to be here. Hello. Thank you very much. Thank you. And how good is it to be able to talk to people that are in the same country and we don't have to mess about with trying to work out what time it is where they are? Ah, oh. oh, a... being UK based, I was delighted. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> well, we're the be- we're the home of the best music and the best where, TV. Where are you? Where are you? Where... Best music, a lot of good, good stuff. Best. Mm. Where am I based? I'm based near, near Nottingham. Nottingham. Lovely. Lovely. I love Nottingham. It's great. I can see this signal going really well. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's, uh, it's, it's, it'll, it'll be fine. It, it just will. adds a little sprinkle of suspense. Bit of tension. <laughs> and to pause and to pause. written into the script. Zoom connection brought to you by robotics. <coughs> Never fails. No. Prepare for the singularity. Indeed, yes. <laughs> yep, I'm going to that parallel universe. <laughs> so first up then, you're all trained from drama school then, all three of you. Yeah, we, we met at uh, Rose Bruford College just south of London and uh, growing up through that three-year uh, degree we sort of you know we honed our skills as actors and musicians and uh, and yeah it's, it's it's aided us massively in this in this endeavor yep let's let's knock the cameras off and see if that gives us a better sound okay sure thing nice is my sound okay mm-hmm. you sound gorgeous mate gorgeous stop it Christian Sorry. I get, I get confident <laughs> when the camera's off. <laughs> now it is like listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, it's just, I close I my that. eyes as well, just really get in the mood. Should, yeah, could you? Should we, should we all assume yeah. our character voices? Run a shall bath, we? maybe? Oh, no, that's too far. I don't know if you want me to do that. <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> You're going to need extra bottles of water now you're doing that voice. Yeah, honestly, I'm going to top up my glass. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so, so how, actually, you know, you, you've taken me on a, on a tangent here. So uh-huh. how do you actually come up with the different voices for each character? I think when we started, um, it came from doing sort of loose read-throughs just like this over Zoom of the scripts that we'd written. Um, and we'd kind of just like give things a go. Um, and the main thing that we were looking for was just trying to make the other two people on the Zoom call laugh as much as possible <laughs> Yeah. Um, while we were reading the scripts. And then we'd sort of iron it out, and then we'd have some conversations. Like Some some characters have been through quite a few iterations, but I think there was something about the way that Fandango was written, where it was almost like it couldn't be any other voice for that character. Um, it's so sort of archetypal, um, yeah. you know, as a as a protagonist that it needed something that was kind of uh, recognizable for that sort of character. Yeah. There's a sort of badassness about him. Hmm. I like to think so. I, I like to think of Clint Eastwood. Yes. 
Um, but I know other people. Yeah, I was, I was, I was just about to say it's a Fandango is a mix of you know the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the dark night, that kind of thing. You know, I think it's really funny because um, when we first ever started doing anything to do with audio dramas, we do these improvised, extremely silly in one of our dorm rooms at, at, at drama school, and the voices then would be. Uh, one of us screaming into the microphone, or <laughs> or just just doing like a general silly voice, and I feel like we've come on quite a journey because even though we're still doing some silly voices in our show today, it feels like it feels like there's a reason for them to be silly, and um, they, they they actually require a little bit of work, and um, not not justification, but it's it's just good to like root the voice of the character in a reason. Definitely, you know? and we have so many great um, actors that come and voice these characters as well, so you know, finding the voice for them is is like any actor working on any role, really. It's just it does have that additional level of silliness. So when you do the voices, are you actually acting out the scene physically at the same time, a bit like, um, oh, um, that where... Have you, have you seen the footage of Hugh Jackman when he was doing the sound effects for the running sequence yeah. in that film? <laughs> and, oh, my God, he really went for it. Oh, in Logan, yeah, in Logan, yeah, yeah. That, that we do, we do a little bit of that, especially. I mean, speaking about me particularly here, if there's a voice that I can't crack or there's a line that I can't crack, um, as we progressively do retakes for that single line, I feel like my physicality will get more and more uh, characterful or violent, maybe, as I'm like, you know, <laughs> expressing my frustration, not be able to get this line. I'll start doing like massive movements to try and get into character and stuff. I think the weirder the characters are, the 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 more movement is required in the recording as well. They kind of get weirder yeah. and weirder. To watch it is a is a, a wonderful thing. <laughs> I think Harvey Harvey has a lot of fun just sort of bouncing up and down in the booth. I can't stand still really when I'm doing mine, and I've got more and more um, busy <laughs> with with how I move <laughs> through the process of this series actually. But I feel that it, it like opens up. Um, the performance for me, I think when we first started, some of the stuff I was doing, obviously not the takes that necessarily made it in, but I was a little bit timid maybe behind the mic because although we'd had a, you know, a lot of practice in our own time at, at uni just for fun, like we were taking it seriously now and, you know, maybe that sort of put the um, put the brakes on me a bit. So I think fight, using the physicality to, to really get into the character, I found so helpful. Well, I guess that um, if you've had uh, professional formal training in drama, then you would also possibly have uh, training in in music and singing, perhaps. So therefore, if you're practicing your voice for singing as well, then do, does that come into the uh, into the voice for the voice acting as well, where you will uh, use those techniques the same? Oh, definitely. I mean, um, at drama school, you're almost given a toolkit of different techniques to use to uh, pick and choose depending on the character you're you're playing so if you're approaching a character with a certain voice or something you will assess you know uh, the tone of your voice the pitch the um, the tomba you know the rhythm that you use and I do think like especially when it's audio only there's a huge amount of there's like potentially even more weight is put on the voice that you choose so knowing that we're doing animals you either go with 
the animal visually like if you're yeah. playing this big bulking kind of animal then you go for gruff or whatever or if, apparently if you're playing a, a tiny mouse you go for gruff as well um but yeah you use all of those characteristics that you can take from that and then the more that you can put into the voice as well the more helpful it tends to be for the listener as well to help visualize it all i found when we were because we as you were saying, you know, we, we'd studied all sorts when we were doing our degrees and singing was one of them. Um, and there's technique in singing to try and, if you're doing belting or trying to hit a really big notes, um, which is called bracing. Um, so it's essentially sort of like hitting a power pose with your yep. body um, and almost like sinking into your knees, you know, like you're ready to receive a punch or something. And it, it looks quite ridiculous a lot of the time, but you need to do that to sort of squeeze the note out and get it right. Um, and I feel like that's definitely a technique we've taken straight from, you know, a singing class. And that's found its way into our recording process for all sorts of moments of of character dialogue and mm. stuff. I, I kind of think of it, it's a bit like, you know, when you've got a roll of toothpaste and you're right at the end and you've got to like any which way you can squeeze that toothpaste to try and get the last bit out you know whether you're going to twist it you're going to roll it you're going to squeeze it into the i don't know like you could do anything but as long as you get the bit of toothpaste out it doesn't matter so it's almost like you do that with your body when you're trying to hit a certain character voice whatever it takes to get the right sound you you end up trying it the classic toothpaste yeah. approach i'll write that one down yeah. for next time mm. i think you should it's a bit like Freddie Mercury. If you, if, if I was going to say, if you see Freddie Mercury in in footage of him live on stage, you'll see that when he goes for those bad notes, he'll extend his body out so that his diaphragm is extended more, and he can get that bigger yeah. note that he wouldn't be able to get yes. if he was all crunched up or normally standing. And that's why you'd get the mm. the classic Freddie Mercury pose. Definitely. I think a lot of people look at you know images and that that footage of him and think oh it's all showmanship and you know it's part of the performance but it's also it's a technical thing you know it's a it's a choice to try and um to do those things to get the right note and um yeah it's definitely something that I found creeping into to when I'm in the booth doing a you know voicing an anteater in distress or something um that that really helps now, on all your official accounts, you need pictures of uh, of Harvey doing that, doing the Freddie Mercury pose. Yes. Well, we'll have to get one. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Well, that'd be nice. You, I mean, I, I can just see Christian in a booth now with the, with a mouse head on, on just look, you know, looking just like Dead Mouse, maybe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's the natural next step. His his approach to physicality when doing Fandango is is uh is fantastic actually he gets he gets the microphone an inch from the floor and lies down and and uh he eats a bit of cheese whilst he's doing it it's it's amazing to see him delve into that i wish that was true now i think for the next series that's (laughs) that's gonna be how we have to record fandango (laughs) tell me we're going to see the return of fandango at some point hey yeah i think it's coming very um, i think it's coming yeah we can't be secretive about that because we're too excited to be honest um so (laughs) yeah he'll definitely be back yeah (laughs) he he is broken broken beaten and scarred but he's um he is back yeah it'd be strange if you because you're doing these shorter stories each month as well an interesting one might be if if Fandango's just in the background talking and you can hear him in the background talking somewhere else and the main story is going on in front of that. That's a solid idea, Marv. I really like that. I love oh, that. I mean, that's 
great idea. <laughs> Making oh, note of so that. That's fantastic. So like, so he's not, oh, fan- so only our most dedicated listeners who are like coming through every single second of every single podcast will, will ever like sort of find it. That's so cool. Yeah. And you, well, you could do it with any of the characters, couldn't you? Because they're all in the same, on in the same world. They're all in Wild Hollow. They, they could always, you know, come across each other. Like you could even have like, uh, one of the other characters, like like Greg, Greg, like Artemis, could be there, and you know she could just somebody who's the main protagonist of the story that you're telling could just come across her and ask her for ask her about something like, oh, do you know the way to such and such or this, that, and the other, and she'll answer, and then and then that's her done for that for that one little bit. That is a great I, idea. I think that's what we're enjoying with the Wild Hollow shorts at the moment is the yeah the opportunities to throw in a character here and there like you'll recognize them or you'll you'll glimpse them from elsewhere but then it doesn't it doesn't have it's it's not like this massive impact on the story or anything like that it's just opportunities to add a little bit more color a bit more flavor to everything that we've already got going um so yeah I really yeah I really love that yeah that's one of the other great that's one of the great things about um the wild hollow shorts as well because with our uh, trilogies we are we are bound to this massive you know this massive storyline that we're you know building episode by episode and you know each trilogy of course has their own storyline within within them but with the short ones you can kind of go a bit off piste and you know uh and something random can happen you know a mollusk could, could go to a, a a britain's got talent style uh talent show and stuff it's just like it's just so much fun to write something that's yeah, it's a, cr- oh, that's that's a good idea. idea. You know what? Um, but yeah, it's very freeing, isn't it? Hmm. It's nice. I think also, you know, we've done two trilogies so far, um, which are part of an ongoing sort of epic, um, which has taken a lot of planning and a lot of, um, you know, knowing that the decisions we make now is going to affect the writing of the next trilogy and lots of threads have to be tied together and a lot of consideration goes into every step. So it's quite nice at this point, you know, we're two trilogies down going to have uh continue that story um soon but to sort of have this little pit stop in the middle where we can um sort of just refresh our imaginations and our energies and create something that doesn't have that long-running impact um and just yeah make some creative choices and run with it i think i'm finding that really freeing from a writer's perspective so going back a bit being in drama school and getting your degrees and, and that, how would how did it go from there to you actually starting shouting is funny but like Angus said, we we messed around quite a lot with sort of improvised audio stuff when we were at um, school together. And it was animal-based for one reason or another. And I think now we're kind of just hooked on it. Um, so we always kind of knew that we wanted to do more of it, but we didn't know in what capacity it would be. And then along came our good friend covid and we all graduated in summer of 2020 so we graduated wow. into the the creative industry on its knees um so we were all in lockdown and we were all creatively completely bereft and just needed something to do more than anything and luckily the three of us had this thing that we all sort of linked us all together and was manageable in one way shape or form you could do it remotely so everyone could stay safe and stay apart, but still create something. And I think it really like it fast tracked the company. I I do. I like to think that the company would have happened regardless, but 
yeah, it was absolutely, uh, it was born from totally. lockdown for sure. So have each of you got specific roles that you are, have, have more strength than others? Do you, do you each p- pick a particular role or, or do you swap and change accordingly? Do you just do whatever comes naturally? Well, so uh, Christian is our almost HQ um, for the company. He's the he's the editor, the sound designer, the lead songwriter, uh, as well as writer and voice actor. So he takes a, a a great chunk of the work, and he and of course he's very very talented at it. Um, so his yeah, I mean Christian's strengths um, are more more, you know. Go on. Boundless. What's, what's the word I'm looking for? Christian. <laughs> keep keep Christian. it coming. <laughs> and, and he's just so good looking as well. He's got that beautiful we're, face and, you know. We're recording all this, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, of course we are. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, so like Christian takes on the the mixing, editing, music writing alongside acting and and um, and writing as well. And Harvey, Harvey does all the artwork, which is fantastic. And uh, he also writes songs. Um, and I... Well, what do I do, guys? Can we remember what I do? What, what do I do in this thing again? You bring the spark, man. No, you. We we write everything together, um, and I think the style, the quality control, that comes from it being a shared job between the three of us. Um, and we've had moments where we've, you know, had maybe two of us working on a script because the other one's busy, you know, actually doing an acting job or something like that. Um, and we've got sort of the, you know, the script is kind of drafted up and we'll be reading it through and we'll be like, oh, this needs, needs a bit of Angus in there. Or, oh, we're missing the Christian in this because they haven't been present. Um, so yeah, we, we all, we all write these scripts together and actually, um, coming to wild hollow shorts that we've been working on recently and are releasing at the moment, we've been able to sort of go a bit more independent on some of those scripts, um, because they're shorter. Um, so each of us have sort of taken the lead on certain stories and then we've come together and edited together. Um, but I think definitely at the beginning of putting everything together, you know, during 2020, during that, that COVID period where we were all locked down, it was, it was very much, you know, we're all going to do everything. Um, and then over time, I think we found our niches that we mm. enjoy the most and that we're strongest at. And um, we're sort of running in those lanes, but we do, we share most of the work. We do. Load, and the, the great thing about working in a, in a trio is that, you know, we'll, we'll come up with the, these ideas for these stories. We'll uh, mark out the beats for each scenes and then we'll like, we'll delegate, we'll uh, send, Christian off with these three scenes, Harvey off with these three scenes, me off with these these three scenes. And we'll come back a couple of weeks later. And then all of a sudden, you're not just a writer working on your own again. You're 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 a you're a trio of writers. So as you know, basically three editors to like trawl through the script and take this line out or add this line in. And it's it just it's just such a fantastic process when you've got collaborators there. Because when you write something that you think might not be up to par or well, not not up to par, but that you know you were struggling on like you've got two other great minds not not no <laughs> we've got two other minds <laughs> sorry that was extremely yeah. vain to call us all vain uh, to call us all <laughs> great, great like minds you got three have three great minds working on one piece um so like it's a it's a great process you're collaborating you're editing together so you never feel uh, you know out in the dark or on your on your own you know it's great 
It's like a hive mind then. So you'll come up with whatever and then together you'll come together and, and that's like a, like one big mind joined together then to come up with the, the finished products. Yes, exactly that. Exactly that. That's right, yeah. <laughs> you are the Borg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your references are on point this evening, Marv. Thank you very much. And my next reference is to apologise to Harvey for my really bad interpretation of his artwork. Oh, oh no, oh. it's wonderful. It's a, it's a, it's a lovely interpretation. <laughs> I, I try, <laughs> but but then people I, have mentioned they've they've said that you know they said we, we don't expect perfection from your artwork, Marv. That's what makes it n- me technically. I mean, that in itself is art, Marv, if you think about it. You know, it's about your journey, your process, you know. <laughs> oh, lovely. Who made your Pods Like Us cover, the little peas? The peas, they, they were designed by my other half, Louise, designed it. Oh. And then huh. a podcasting friend named Gil, who does the Mind Buzz, he said to me, he said, oh, my friend mm-hmm. has done, has, up, has taken the artwork that Louise designed and he's made it up for me, which is what it is now. And they gave it me for free. That's lovely. No way. And his name's Alex. Shout out to Alex. Yeah. Thank you, Alex. Shout out to Alex. It's brilliant. I love it. It's peas in a pod on a mic, which is like a microphone <laughs> it stand. Is. Yeah. It's <laughs> excellent. And they're wearing headphones. Oh, that's what it. Oh, wow. Yeah, he should. He should really have made the headphones grey, because then you would have noticed them. I saw them straight away. I don't know what Angus has been <laughs> no, looking looks, at. I think it's very clear. It looks Come fantastic. On. Yeah, I, yeah on, Alex. It, it looks great. It's, it, you know, it's, it's not a, it's dissimilar in great. style and humour to a sort of a lot of our visual aids um, and our logo as well, actually, um, which I think, is, yeah, we enjoy that. Yeah, bo- bottom P is giving me a lot of shouting oh, as yeah, funny vibes. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, didn't think of that. So does Harvey actually do do artwork for the different characters as well? So you can get a gist of what the characters look like to then base your characterization on them. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of it. I mean, it's all on our website, www.shoutingisfunny.com. Um, and it's also, it's plastered all over our sort of social media accounts. We find having the artwork is just a great way of promoting the show, to be honest. Um, going into depth on stuff, just sharing more about the world. Um, I think because we've come from, you know, I guess training in like theatre and screen and and being used to having visual aids as part of the work that we make, um, that I think we really felt that we wanted to have that in some way, even though we know that audio drama is obviously audio. Um, So leaning into the art, I think, has been a really nice way for us to sort of just spread our wings a bit when it comes to being creative especially with things like character design and the world you know being a fantasy world um having those visuals is is so helpful i think Harvey does ridiculous amounts of artwork it's incredible it's a, it's amazing but i'm going to jump ahead now so that that though then helps with the fantastic sound design that you've got so the the sound effects that you've got like when they're on the ship you can hear the water it's mm. And it reminds me of, I'm, I'm going to quote, I'm going to um, do a thing about Star Trek here as well. So when I used to watch Star Trek Deep Space Nine, I could hear the, the you can hear the hum of the actual, of of the actual space station that was going on in the background, if, if you had sound on lo- lo- loud enough, of course. But mm. it's that attention to detail where you've got those little bits of sound and then, then the seagulls, but 
you know, it, it's the sound and it's perfectly done. So that's like a an audio representation of what you're painting or what you're drawing or your artwork. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the goal, you know, because we've created this, you know, massive, like, imagined world. So when we transcribe it to audio, we want to create something that's immersive and people can really feel as if they're, like, you know, inside. You know, when you put your headphones on, you close your eyes, and then, you, then you're suddenly there on the deck of a ship. And there are, there are people in the background or animals in the background working away, the waves, the seagulls, as you said. But I think, I think that sort of, you know, takes it to the next level. I can't, I can't even imagine what it would be like with no sound effects, you know? <laughs> I can. It's weird. <laughs> I do think it's an interesting it's thing weird. when it comes yeah. to audio drama or audio books, especially. There's um, People have very strong opinions on whether there should or shouldn't be additional sound um, other than the voices of the voice actors and narrators and things. Um, and obviously, you know, those things, there are clear distinctions between them as art forms, but I think it only enhances, as you said, the work that we're trying to make. Um, the more detail you can get, um, the more fully realised that world is for the listener. And that's definitely the way that we enjoy it. Um, and yeah. That's what we strive for, I think, isn't it? With everything, is yes, the more detail, the better. It it brings to mind the old, you know, radio plays from back in the day when you'd have sound, really good sound effects. And, you know, I mean, let's face it, you know, the BBC had incredible people doing doing Foley mm. work and that, I mean, you know, incredible. Yeah. But it, it goes back to, it harkens back to that sort of thing where you've got that, you know, attention to the detail of the sounds, of the voices, of the great voice actors that they had and the, the full-on stories that they told where you would be immersed in that and you can imagine it. So... When I listen to to your to your shows to your audio dramas, I am actually there. I mean, I don't need to close my eyes. When when I heard the Scumwater song, for instance, I could almost see all the characters in that bar actually singing. You know, and it's amazing in the amount of, and it sounds like an old when the uh, when they're singing on the um, on the ship as well. You can hear all of those characters there perfectly in in the in their singing together and it's it's amazing and and the sound as well that goes with it oh well, thank you very much for saying that marv that, that makes us very happy that's what we yeah that's what we aim for and what it's odd when you break down the individual voices in a crowd singing and it's about 90 percent of it is one of us three just doing a different stupid voice um <laughs> throwing in a false so I'm glad, one I'm glad that, yeah, literally just whacking it up two octaves. So I'm glad it is actually working and not just sound <laughs> like three three young men going slightly insane. That's all bubbling under the surface, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it, if you all had solo careers as singers, you wouldn't need any backing vocalists because you'd just do your own backing vocals sounding like somebody <laughs> else. Good shout out. He used to be one of the backing singers for Chic back in the day. Shout was, out to Luther Bowie Vandross. as well, actually, on Young Americans. Yep. He did a lot of the backing on that. He did. So you, you, you said that not one of you, but two, two or three of you actually write the songs then, do you? Yeah, so song-wise... Um, at least for the time being, I write the majority of the songs, um, and they sort of they start out as little just piano demos, 
um, and then I orchestrate over the top of them, usually once we've got the vocals laid down, actually, um, and it all sort of grows around that. Um, but Harvey Harvey does contribute some of the songs as well. He put a couple in for the Borsan trilogy and then um, wrote Mutiny in the Grey trilogy, which I think is one of the best songs oh, in so the trilogy. It's cracking. Um, and then lyrically, quite a lot of the time, the lyrics kind of, they come from all of us at different stages. Because we write it all together, usually we we break down the episodes and we work out what is going to be a song, where the songs are going to slot in. Um, and usually if you scroll down to the bottom of the Google Doc, one of us will have been noodling away with some lyric ideas and there's just a load of rubbish down at the bottom. And from that, <laughs> from that rubbish, something emerges. So, yeah, it's, it's hard to pinpoint exactly who's written what sometimes. If it's really clever wordplay, it's usually Christian because uh, <laughs> it's very good at that. <laughs> he, he's the Costello or the Bob Dylan of the group then for lyrics. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's right. Get that on a T-shirt, Christian. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll be popping that on the social media tomorrow, I think. Shout out to Bob Dylan. <laughs> Shout out to Bob Dylan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All these shout outs. <laughs> I can't wait for the little sound bites at the end. Oh, I've given myself a job here, haven't I? You have. <laughs> so, it, all right. Let's... Is that how you do the the music? Then is it just your you do it on like a keyboard and then add all the other instruments through a keyboard, or, or have you actually got other people playing other instruments, like real drummers playing drums and then guitarists playing guitar and that sort of thing? So, if you hear guitar, chances are it's Mr. Harvey Badger. Yep. Um, pretty much, pretty much everything else is MIDI instruments. Yeah. So yeah, through keyboard and just through different instrument samples, all the orchestra, drums. Yeah, it's insane what you can do with just music technology these days. It's glorious because like the the stuff that we want to create is this big epic fantasy drama soundscape stuff. Um, and that's just vastly expensive. If you want to actually get in all these instruments or play, pay for the talent and the time, no chance we'd be able to do that. But yeah, with, by doing it all through MIDI, MIDI instruments, it's unlocked this whole world for us, which is kind of quintessential to the show now, I think. Also don't know anyone with a timpani drum, so. Yeah, that's, that's true. Go digital with that. <laughs> it's quite a heavily used one of ours, I think. Digital timp. That's a good name for something. It is, but the, the 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 music that you make for it though, it's really intricate. I mean, you've got you've got counterpoint in there as well, and then you've got you've got counter harmony in there as well, and or counter melody in there as well at times. And it's just there's so much in those songs. I mean, it must take you a crazy amount of time to actually arrange that and put it all together. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it is it is a hugely time consuming thing. And like when we when we first made our first episodes, we we planned out, right, we're going to do this trilogy, then this trilogy, then this trilogy, we're going to smash it all out in like a year, and it's going to be amazing. And then we did the first trilogy, and it got to the music stage. Um, cause I, I, I get all the recordings together and then I do the sound design on top of that. So the sound effects and things and music is the last thing to happen. Uh, cause it, 
I need everything else spaced out as it's going to be in the episode. And then I can work the timings and the rise and the fall of the music and stuff around the shape that we've put together. And yeah, I get, I got to that stage with the first trilogy and I was just like, Oh my God, this is, this is going to take forever. And that's suddenly how we're only releasing one trilogy per year or whatever. Cause yeah, the music takes a long time. And I, I, I'm hot. I I try to be clever with it all the time, and it, I shoot myself in the foot far more than I should because I don't know how much of it's actually picked up on. But I like to know that Freya Gray's theme tune is played for two seconds when she's mentioned by a different yeah. character in a different scene or whatever. It brings me joy. So, so yeah, it's full of little bits and bobs like that. But that I think that's what elevates it so much. Um, I, me, Angus, and I are constantly impressed and um yeah just in awe really of some of the the orchestration when when christian finally plays us through the episodes before we release um just because it's so detailed and and clever you know with these little counter melodies and motifs from other characters woven in um and i think whether you actively notice those things or not you get the atmosphere of it and you Mm. can hear the detail whether you're picking out what it is it's present um and i think that's one of the strengths of the show is its music um and yeah we uh, one of my favorite things in all our projects is when we get to do that final listen through and everything's got music for the first time so that's just it's you know transports you when you're listening Mm. shout out to the soundtrack releasing on friday the 7th of october yeah the Grey Trilogy wow. soundtrack. All the music from the uh, whole trilogy is going to be released next. Uh, how many tracks is that? How many tracks is that, Christian? That is forty-four tracks of music, Angus. Oh, oh! I'm waiting for the uh, three-disc CD edition. <laughs> oh, the day that I can do a six-LP vinyl press, I will be. I'll be. Yeah, I'll be in heaven. Oh, and all the artwork that you'd have in that, oh, in that, oh, that, have a oh, that cover as well, yeah. that would be amazing. That'd be a thing of beauty. One day, one, one day. day. All of his great artwork all throughout, the, the whole thing, even on the sleeves. Oh, that would be grand. I'd love that. Well, I mean, you know, and if people like the artwork, they can now buy the artwork because we do have a limited run of prints available. <laughs> Very good, Harvey. Very good indeed. <laughs> Is that a well good segue? Done. Shout out to limited edition art prints at shoutingisfunny.com. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, this has just become one big plug. It has, it? yeah. No, it's an in-depth conversation that I'm really enjoying, actually, Christian. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. Staying on the subject of the songs, is it... Is it more? Is it difficult to actually write the the songs for the for the episodes because of the fact that essentially you've almost stuck yourself in a corner because you've got to write the song to go with this specific scene and tell this specific story, or or isn't it like that at all? Does it actually make it easier to write because you've got that set um, structure to fit it into? Um, I mean. It's it's a little bit of both because sometimes I had some of the songs for the Grey Trilogy written and like the demos recorded about seven or eight months before we even started recording the actors. Like some of the songs were like the first things that came out because I was like, oh, there's definitely going to be a song in a giant whale with a crowd singing about whatever. 
So I wrote that and then the scene was shaped around the song. But then other times, I think with our writing, we usually, we do bullet points first and then we expand on the bullet points and then we thread all of that into actual scenes. So usually a song is a bullet point, a beat in the story. So we just know that we write in script form the bullet point before and the bullet point after. And then when we get to the actual script, there's a big old hole of plot. And then we know that that's, that's what the song is going to be. So yeah, usually the song is like a bit of grout filling in a bit of a hole in a bath in a bathroom wall. And another fantastic analogy just dropped in there. Yeah. We're sticking to the, uh, to the, to the, to the bathroom, bathroom related <laughs> metaphors. <laughs> I think when it comes to songwriting with a really clear um, objective for what that song needs to be, um, I think that can make the job easier. Um, before doing this, a lot of my sort of songwriting experience was less um, sort of theatre-based or, or story-based. It was more like writing for bands or or just sort of folk music and things. Um, and as a songwriter there, you do you are kind of just relying on, uh, you know, that little moment, that bit of inspiration um, where, oh, a tune's popped into my head or, oh, something is just coming out while I'm playing the guitar and I, and I have to write it down. Whereas I yeah. think with with these because you know you have these bullet points as christian said of what you need to say what needs to happen who's there um you've got all the context and that for me at least can make the process of getting that song on its feet a lot easier um we had a, a great tutor um for a short period when we were at rose bruford grant olding um who's a composer shout out shout out shout to grant out olding. To grant. <laughs> um uh but a lot of what I took away from the work we did with him was about research that you put in before you even start thinking about what the song is going to sound like. Um, you know, it's working out exactly what it is it's going to be about. And this is for songwriting for theatre um, and musicals rather than just generally. Um, but but having all that research, like you would if you were going to write a play or a film, you know, you'd have pages and pages of research before you sit down and start writing the script. Um, and I think, yeah, that's definitely something I've tried to take on when it comes to writing songs that come within a story like audio drama or musicals. So sticking, going back to the voices again, cause I've just noticed that I've missed a bit. So going go into more detail of how, how are the, how's the sound, where do the sounds come from? I mean, do you create them yourself as Foley or do you find them somewhere and source them? We have a, once we've, um, once we've nearly finalized a, a cut of the, uh, of the project, We'll have a we'll have a day towards the end of production, where all three of us will meet in Christian's booth, um, and we'll have we'll we'll, we'll uh, comb through the entire the entire show with uh, with us three as the as the foley um, as the as as the foley of the, the program. foley boys the foley boys. Um, so yeah, Har- Harvey and I play a play a pair of background characters that I don't think are credited, but they should be, <laughs> uh, called the Seal Brothers. And uh, it just consists of me and Harvey making like <laughs> making seal noises. And it's just it's just a day, a day of fun like that. But Christian, I think you do outsource um um how, is it like sort of Yeah, like- so most most of the SFX are found there's a website called zapsplat.com, which is just one of many uh yeah sort of royalty free sound effect databases. Um, and it's like four pounds a month or something, and you get you get access to this vast, vast library. So SFX is mostly from there. Um, but then, yeah, as Angus says, uh, like vocal, 
like ambience and cries and crowds and shouts and this, that, and the other. That is usually just the three of us on one day with a pizza and just like rattling through them and going, yeah, more and more berserk as the day goes on. I hate to bring this back to me with this one, but that reminds me of, so I, I, uh, when I did my last album, uh, which was a few years ago, uh, under my pseudonym of Project Marv. Uh, so we, we got oh. to the end, towards the end of it, and, uh, and then I thought, well, it needs some percussion in there because I, li- I like the idea of a lot of percussion into sort of like build-ups. You've got all the guitars, all the keyboards, and all the other instruments there and, hmm. and all that. And I just thought, so me and two of the staff from the studio where I used to work, we just went in, we just started one song, and then we'd go in there and we'd I'd have this room, this studio room, all set up with all these percussion instruments. And this microphone would be there and we'd know exactly where to stand, where where the percussion would be picked up the best. And we just used to used mm-hmm. to go in there and we'd play all the percussion as the three of us, have a listen back and think, does it need any more? And whatever else it needed, we just did that. And I think for about two days, just, layer just it two up. days, we just did that over two days, laid up all the percussion for 18 songs. Oh, that sounds so much fun. So have, have we explained about the songs writing and recording? We have. So um, you've mentioned that you try to make each other laugh when you write. So th- this is a bit, of, a bit of all of it. So when you write, um, yeah, yeah. are the puns worked on or, or, are, the, or, or are the puns <laughs> there immediately and you just try to out-pun each other, essentially? Definitely the latter, um, yeah, I'd say. I don't think. I think if if it takes time to work on a pun, it's not usually worth it. I think if it um, if it comes out straight away, um, then it will make us us giggle. There's a lot of puns that go by the wayside because um, you know we take ourselves very seriously at shouting is funny. But indeed, um, I think yeah, one of the one of the most enjoyable parts of writing is um, the initial read throughs when we're uh, reading these scenes for the very first time that we've been working on individually and seeing what funny names or puns or things can be worked in. Or, or if anything needs pulling back, because that editing process is is crucial because some of the things that some of us write are so, so incredibly insane that there would be no way that they could make it into a... Into one of a, the... One of the upcoming Wild Hollow shorts. We can't reveal who it focuses on or what the title of the episode is, but Angus wrote it and it is ludicrous um, in every <laughs> sense of the word. And the puns are oh god, painful. Off the chart. They're great. Painful. It's, I, I uh, think painfully it's, brilliant. It's pretty. It's pretty. Yeah. I think it's like pretty much a pun every single sentence of dialogue. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, we're pushing. We're pushing the boat out with the puns yeah. on this episode. But um, I think it's worth it because uh, it made me laugh a lot when we were reading it. Funny. So that's yeah. it. And it's a short. It'll be over in 15 minutes regardless <laughs> of whether you like it or not. <laughs> Just hang in there. Oh, cheers. It'll cheers, be over soon. You. No, no. It's one of my favourite things that we've been working on lately. Thank you for not giving anything away about that because even though this episode isn't going out until about five weeks after recording, I want to be surprised just as much as everybody else. Yeah. Good. It's so difficult not to talk about though. We've got so many, so many these, especially these little wild hollow shorts, these monthly episodes. There's so much I want to talk about. I can't, I can't wait for people to hear them. 
So the Wild Hollow shorts, then, how long are they going to be lasting for? Are you you going to keep them going for a while and then come back to the trilogy? We've got uh, six planned out at the moment. Uh, We've just released um, uh, The Little Mollusk, The the Ballad of Little Mollusk. Um, So we've got six six planned in total. So it'll take us to January. Is is that correct? Uh, February. February. February, Ooh. yeah. So it'll take us to February, um, just to keep uh, keep keep people uh, keep keep giving the people what they want, you know. Um, so. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be volume that'll be volume one of Wild Hollow Shorts, and I think there's there's a lot more characters that we want to check in with, and more sort of appearing all of the time. Um, I think even like Simon Cow <laughs> potentially deserves a Wild Hollow Short, Cetera, <laughs> who's only just appeared in Ballad of Little Mollusk. Um, There's an I example more... of a pun that um, was so Simon strong Cow. that the whole character <laughs> itself was born from just the pun. Moo, moo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so silly. Oh, I mean, the, the, the other great thing about the, uh, well, I mean, personally, one of my favourite things about the, the Wild Hollow Shorts is that they are just so fun to write because... As I said earlier, you know you're not bound to like an overarching storyline, and you can just you can get a bit weird with it, a bit a bit silly with stakes, it. Stakes the stakes tend to be far lower, don't they? So you can just have fun. Yeah, it's a great exercise in structure, though I found. Um, you mm. know, when you're used to writing something with a solid three acts and and the beats and all the things you need to cram in. Um, then you suddenly need to minimize that down to 15 minutes, but you still have to hit those markers. Um, especially if you're doing a sort of narrative-based story, like the Mollusk one or or um, some of the others we've got coming up. There are a few that are a bit more off the wall with their structure, but when you're going down something that is a, a narrative one, um, you, you still need to have your beginning, your middle, your end, your character arc, your payoff, your reveal, um, but you just have so much less time to do it in. And that's something I've really enjoyed the challenge of that, actually, since we've been working on these shorts. Mm. You see, you say off the wall, but then we are talking about the Chronicles of Wild Hollow, so you're there already. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. our scale is completely off. It's completely skewed off, yeah. (laughs) In my head, if it's a talking mouse, but it's got a structure that's beginning, middle, end, I'm like, oh, that's very, very stable (laughs) and normal storytelling, that. I'll, I'll say it again, you know, the Muppets meets Monty Python meets the Goons. Love it. Love it. The more references, the better. I mean, every time people throw new ones at us, it's it's really nice because it's it's just nice to know that people are connecting the work we're making with the you know work that they love from the past and all these other great comedians and writers. Mm. And, you know, just having those connections made is it's a very lovely thing to hear. And it's really interesting because like I I I don't actively write Wild Hollow thinking that I'm influenced by either of those things but i grew up absolutely loving the muppets loving monty python and yeah to sort of recognize the inspirations in our own work once they're made i find it really interesting and people like you marv coming in and and sort of making these making these connections it's really really lovely yeah it's really nice but i mean at the same time with the with the uh, with the use of the animals in the the main characters and that you've also uh, it's dare i say it's almost got a quintessentially english feel to it because that's very you know c.s lewis and that type of writer and the artwork that that harvey does especially especially of the the land itself is incredible reminds me of like the artwork of things you know to do with tolkien and things like that so there's that there's all that in there. Yeah, definitely. That's such definitely. a such a 
a massive inspiration for us as well. I mean, like I speak for myself, but I probably speak to others here. Um, you know, I we I grew up on you know Lord of the Rings, um, you know, reading books like Aragon and stuff. And I think since then, I my love for the sort of fantasy genre has just grown and grown and grown. And to to have this shout sort of, out, shout out for Aragon. Yeah, sorry, shout out to J.R.R. Tolkien quickly. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, and like to now be in a position where you, where we can be sort of creating this um, our own sort of fantastic world. Uh, it's just so. It's, it's like a dream come true, you know? It's great. So how do you actually record the show and then edit it together? Well, we started, as I said, in COVID. So everything was completely remotely recorded. Um, so we put out, before before the Chronicles of Wild Hollow officially became a thing, Fandango Borsan came first and we did a Christmas special. Um we're yet to decide whether the Christmas special is canon, <laughs> but but it's it remains it remains it's an origin. Story. It remains <laughs> firmly on our podcast feed for the time being for people to go and check out and enjoy. But it's wacky and it's mental and it's all yeah. It's just the three of us. We didn't have anyone else. We didn't have any other actors on board. Um, it was just a little passion piece, um, all recorded externally and then all just sent over the the wonderful internet to myself and I downloaded it all and slotted all the dialogue into place. And by doing that, we've sort of stumbled across the way that we like to work because we're poor. We can't afford to go and like get a studio (laughs) and have multiple mics or whatever. So we're limited by one mic at a time anyway. Um, So we've upgraded things since the Christmas special. I now have a sort of a makeshift sound booth at a my foamy place. room a foamy yeah. room, foamy room. <laughs> um, and i bring people into the foamy room one by one um so we've re- we we do record all of the dialogue individually since the christmas special we've been doing more and more in person borsan trilogy was all um recorded in isolation as well so but we brought other people on board so we sort of put out a message anyone with a decent quality recording microphone and wants to be involved with the show get in touch and we had a really lovely group of people get involved. Um, and similarly with the Grey Trilogy, but lockdowns had lifted, thankfully, at that point. So we were actually able. So we brought in Heather. Shout out to Heather Gordy. Yeah. Um, Shout our, out to her. Our wonderful Artemis Grey. Yeah. We got her in the booth. Alice E. Mayer, Salami, we got her in. Um, and Eleanor Kane, who plays Freya Grey, Artemis's mother. Um, they were three of... Uh, our cast that we actually got in to record their dialogue live per se. Um, So yeah, it's still very much record everything separately and then chop them up and slot them in, uh, in post-production, but being able now to bring people into the space with us, usually I'm there recording. I'm like mixing it as we go. And then I have either both of them or Angus or Harvey in the room as well so we can like direct it and have another go come at different angles and really sort of hone in on exactly how we want the performances to to shape out so did you know did you know the voice actors before and then that you've got in because they're incredible voices voice well yeah i mean the, the great thing about um going to drama school is you're constantly around all these fantastic growing performers and uh, yeah i mean it's just it's just you know 
we're just so grateful that these people who we have come into contact with in the past are are keen to you know be a part of this fantastic um world that we're creating um uh so yeah we 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 knew we i think we knew most of them didn't we guys yeah pretty much everybody i think from whether it's you know people we knew all of us from uni or whether it's contacts that one of us has brought into the company for an episode um yeah they're they're all i think um actors that that we've come across before whether that's through working with or just through you know being our mates really well, when you make the next show, you could always go to some theatre down London and just, you know, go there with a van and, you know, put put a, put a you know, a, put a bag over, put a, put a bag over the top, actors. put a bag over the top of Sir Patrick Stewart's head or Ian McKellen's and, and say, do this, and then we'll let you go. And we'll he'll wake up in our foamy room. <laughs> David Tennant's on at the moment, isn't he? In the West End, he is. Oh, that's handy. a good shout. That's yeah, we'll David go Tennant. Shout out to David Tennant. Grab him. Shout yep, out to David. We're coming Tennant. for you. <laughs> God, I'll tag him in this episode. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> He's got a good sense of humour. He does. He does. He Just does. look at Good Omens. Mm, that's oh, great. love I, I, Everything he does, I think he's excellent. Yeah. So we'll definitely be writing to his agent for the next one. <laughs> yeah. A, a location of where we're keeping him. Yeah. I mean, we, we we have tried that before. We've, we've tried to write to a, a, a pretty... Uh, uh, pretty successful actor to come and do like i think t- 10 12 lines and at the end of one of our episodes and uh surprisingly we heard nothing back which is confusing uh, nothing. But, um, yeah. which means we have to just email them again right again yeah. i think so it's, it's a numbers game yeah <laughs> well if at first you don't succeed kidnap them have another <laughs> go kidnap them. <laughs> people off until they <laughs> or kidnap them <laughs> Oh dear, it's taking a dark turn, guys. Or go go look around the podcasting world and find these actors who suddenly do their own podcast because they're obviously up for it. Yes. Ah. And to be fair, we've had some lovely engagement from people that we don't know that have just listened to the show and wanted to get involved. And we have had nice conversations with people and and taken people's details, you know, for for future casting and stuff. So uh, having people reach out to us has has been really nice as well. Um, you know, we still cast based on, you know, how you you should cast what we think who would sound best for the character. Um, it just happens to be because of our limited budget and stuff getting started. It's all been people we know, but you know, we're, we're not just in the business of trying to employ mates. We're, we're looking for what the best, um, the best voice is going to be the best performance. You know, I'm going to go back now because I've just suddenly thought of something I should have asked earlier. So the stories, the stories that that, that are written, when, um, how far ahead of time are those stories written? So these short stories, these shorter ones, are they already all been written? They've all they've all been drafted out. A couple of them aren't fully realised yet. Um, I say realize not like the final version. They're all scripted out and they're all they could be ready to go if we wanted to. But I think there's more work that we can do on some of the later ones because we've given ourselves the six months. Um, yeah. It just takes the pressure off just a little bit because when we do the trilogies, everything is absolutely pedal to the metal and it's 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 intense and it's like there's one goal and you 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 push. Um, but yeah, with these with these shorts, it is it's a nice change of pace. Um, but trilogy wise, when we draft out the scripts, it usually takes us 
what would you say, boys, two or three months maybe to get from, mm. from nothing to a point where we know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, it yeah. and that's evolving as well because, you know, the trilogies, although uh, we said this previously, but like although they have their own stories sort of within those three episodes and even within each episode has its own little story, um, they are part of a longer narrative Um which concerns lots of characters and the world of Wild Hollow itself. So as we're going along, there are sort of almost more bricks being laid by the time we get round to the next trilogy because of what we've done in the first trilogy. There's already a bit more there than starting from scratch. So, you know, we're looking to start work on trilogy three soon. And um, there's already a lot there um, just by the fact that we've done two trilogies that, we, you know, we're going to continue those stories forward. Um but yeah, it does. It's a lot of detail, I think, and it does take time to sort of get those uh, beats of the story together and everything before we even think about, you know, getting scripts done. Mm. You preempted where I was going to go there because I was going to say, so where are you now with the next trilogy, and will you be using the time now with these shorter trilogies? Will you be working on the recording and the casting? for that trilogy while these are being put out and recorded as well, or will that be done separately? So I think that's kind of, um, you know, we, we've given us this, we've given ourselves this six month period now um, where we can, you know, release these uh, shorts at a, I mean, the, the time scale isn't as pressured as, you know, with the trilogies. So I think we're going to take this six months to continue developing um, the third trilogy we've got like a skeleton i'd say we've we, we've got a we've got an idea of of where it's going and how it's going to end um but yeah i mean this six months it's giving us like a, a hefty amount of time to flesh it out and uh you know just, just yeah just write it so i'd say in an ideal world where you know this was a full-time job and we didn't have to do other jobs to live um we would have you know got the shorts uh fully written recorded all done before we released the first episode to be honest and then that would give us six clean open months without having to focus on anything other than trilogy three um and that was probably the genesis of of doing the shorts in the first place was giving ourselves that time um but as we know, those schedules don't always pan out and, and life happens as well. So we, yeah, I think we we definitely have one eye on Trilogy 3 whilst we're looking at these shorts at the moment. Well, you, you're obviously going to have a have a break between the, the finish of the end of the uh, shorts anyway and then when the third trilogy comes out with. So you'll have yeah. the time there to do all that. And like you said, because it's given you the time to be able to work on it a bit longer in, in a sense it gives you the chance mm. to hone it as well and then it'll be perfect for when it comes time to record and there won't be any i mean were there any alterations made once you went to recording and putting those episodes together were they set in stone or was there room for maneuver when you were recording dialogue or something you might think oh that sounds that sounds different when it's said that way when when the voice actors mm. actually put it yeah, absolutely. There have definitely been times. I mean, quite often when I'm editing, because we record everything individually, and maybe this is a, a foible of our approach, but yeah, recording everything individually, when I then go to slot it in, I can get to a scene and it's happened once or twice. I've reached a point and I'm just like, that makes absolutely no sense. We've missed we've missed something crucial here that means that that does not nice and cleanly 
join to that. Um, so there have been a couple of moments where I've messaged them, messaged, just jump on the group chat and just be like, guys, we've missed this. Um, and then that's that's resulted in a couple of little rewrites and a couple of little re-records. Um, but in general, apart from like if someone wants to ad lib a line ever so slightly and like mm. change a word or like uh, embellish upon it, we always encourage our our additional voice cast if they if they feel something, go for it because we can always ask them to pack it in and do it properly. But if they <laughs> want if they want to go off and go mental with it, shout out to Loris Scarpa. He plays oh, lovely, yeah. He plays Pablo the Seagull in the Grey trilogy, and and Jeffrey and, the Beaver, and Jeff. Let's let's not forget. But <laughs> what what was what was written down for Pablo versus what Loris sent across to me and i listened to and i was like oh my god this is so much better <laughs> um yeah. yeah our our actors absolutely they knock it out of the park every time we're very very lucky with the people we've had involved we had some really lovely um when we were in the booth with with eleanor um for freya gray's lines um uh, you know we we knew we wanted the the character to to have a scottish voice scottish accent um linked with artemis of course and you know eleanor and heather are both uh, great scottish actors um but it was really interesting chatting to her through some of the dialogue and and she'd be like oh um you know that you've written it this way but in in this part of uh, glasgow if we were going to say that we'd actually say it like this um and it was really nice to sort of make those little changes and tweaks because it's you know someone that has that knowledge and can give more context and more detail to the character like that was that was a really nice thing to have as well so what advice would you give to people who who would be thinking of doing an audio drama them, for themselves or going into this sort of creative process collaborate uh you know get get other people in as harvey said use other people not <laughs> <laughs> you're misquoting me there sir Just kidnap if you need to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. kidnap patrick stewart use other people there we go good audio drama right there shout out to <laughs> patrick stewart shout out again to patrick stewart there we are. um but it is literally that the collaboration I, I mean we've been banging on about it in this episode already but just the the freedom and the release of having three people on one task three brains three great minds always <laughs> always ticking over on what we want to happen it genuinely makes everything so much easier and so much more fun as well it and takes like, that's the what pressure we off do, too, i found you yeah. know it, it means that you're not um editing yourself all the time which can you know as any writer will tell you is can be quite taxing um when you you have to you know you're always your own worst critic and if that's the only critic in the room then everything gets pretty harsh pretty quick so having supportive people around you but that are also you know it takes takes some of the weight off of that and it allows you to try things that might not work and be you know not worried about that um mm. making mistakes is how you learn and and it's really important um so taking your time as well as another thing i'd say if you're starting and you want to make some audio drama like don't rush um take your time you don't have to just put things out it's people aren't looking for stuff just because it's there they they want good quality things and it's okay to take your time with that um but in in that as well you know you will just get better as you go because you'll you'll learn things along the way 
Um, So don't be overly precious either. So it's a sort of balancing act of, you know, taking your time to get it right and learn, but also, yeah, it's, I don't know if perfection or the perfect version of something exists really. Um, I think that's the point of it is that you'll strive for it and you'll get as close as you can, but I don't think you can ever get it absolutely perfect. And I'd say nothing, nothing is, nothing has to be permanent either. Like I mentioned our Christmas special that we did before we actually (laughs) landed on the Chronicles of Wild Hollow. So then we released the first trilogy and just in between releasing the Christmas special and releasing the first trilogy, we learned so much and we really developed as a company, as a writing group, and then myself on the sound design and everything, there was a huge amount that I learned. So we went back and we just, we, we removed the original upload of the Christmas special and we just went in and we recorded some new stuff and we just, we didn't change the script, but we embellished on the music. We did new takes to improve quality of the microphone, all sorts of technical stuff like that. And it just elevates it. Um, so yeah, cut a bit of swearing as well. Cut out a couple of inappropriate (laughs) words to, to go with our, yeah, our developed PG rating. Um, but yeah, yeah, just, just be brave and be bold and don't, don't worry too much about anything. Cause you can always go in with a, with a little touch up paintbrush or whatever you want to, what's a good bathroom metaphor to chuck in here? Grout Ooh. again. Let's bring back the grout. Grouting. You can go and over grout. flannel maybe. I was going to say yeah, nice. something to do with makeup, you know, you can always do another face of makeup, you know, do another oh, that's face. Lovely. Is is that what they do with makeup? Do you do a face of makeup? <laughs> I don't know. That's our that's our that's our third analogy right there. You guys are actors. You'd know more about makeup than I would. Yeah, get that slap that base on. Right. I think I think <laughs> I think say. I think slapping the base refers to music. Yeah, I think Marv knows more about that than us. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. He does. Yeah. Yeah, I can slap at that base. Yes. You, you know, the neighbours must be thinking to myself, "What is he on about?" <laughs> you wait. You should try and record in the Chronicles of Wild Blanket. <laughs> yeah, in your in your bedroom under a blanket with a small microphone, screaming like a deranged elf in the heart of winter <laughs> in a COVID lockdown, and um, you know. That's that's when you really wonder what the neighbours are thinking. Called butter, uh, might I add. An elf called butter, yeah. Uh, oh, there, there's, wow. our, there's our next Wild Hollow short, an elf called butter. Oh, oh, oh. bring it back. That sounds like a nice episode. Hey. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, you butter isn't butter. evil soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I'm guessing it'll be salted, that butter. Oh, stop it, Marv. Okay. No, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm That's it. I'm, I'm going out of the room. <laughs> no, Marv. No, Marv. <laughs> I'm just trying to butter you up, Marv. Oh, oh. oh there it is. There it is. How dare you? <laughs> this oh, is how it, it starts. No, come on. <laughs> You're milking it now. <laughs> oh. That was utterly dreadful. <laughs> oh. <sighs> I'm sure Simon Cowell would say it's a move from me. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so we missed bring that it one. Bring back to the program. There you go. Yes. 
Very professional. So what <laughs> do you like to listen to? Or in, in fact, I mean, because I, I find that I find that what you record is very the audio has an almost visual feel to it. You can actually picture it. So what do you actually, all three of you, like to listen to, you know, in any way, podcast or any sort of radio shows or or anything, or like to watch in your own time that you think is really inspirational? Uh, in terms of podcasts, um, quite, quite a big inspiration for me um, would be... Uh, like the the D podcast world because like in D D, like these people are playing these like crazy weird characters often in like fantastical worlds so like some of some of the stuff they come up with is, is like so imaginative and and quite inspiring to, to when you're writing something like we're writing them so i'd like to shout out not another D D podcast and uh the glass cannon network's haunted city series because they have they, they have such fantastic worlds and such fantastic people playing those games um with with fantastic imaginations mm. so th- those are those are my main sort of podcast audio drama listings at the moment for me it's um i really enjoy uh sort of music production podcasts things like song exploder and tape notes and stuff yeah. where you know you have artists delving into detail into the recording process of their music and you sort of hear the stem tracks in isolation and how they sort of go from having a genesis of an idea of a song all the way through to the finished article um and there's a few podcasts that do that really well and sort of that really looking at the tiny little you know sonic changes they make of putting this ample this ample this synthesizer and suddenly the story of the song became more clear and so uh, things like that as my main podcast listening is sort of music based stuff Mm. and yeah it's it's odd that we've we've dived into making an audio drama and yet our experience with listening to audio dramas was minimal to non-existent before we put out the show i don't think i definitely i don't know about you two guys but i didn't realize what breadth of content content there actually was out there in the audio drama world so since actually discovering that i've listened to wooden overcoats the whole the whole lot um, and it is utterly beautiful and incredible and hilarious. Um, just what an amazing show and what an amazing showcase of what you can do with just audio. Um, so yeah, that was one of my favorite discoveries since realizing that audio drama was actually podcast audio drama is a thing that people do. Um, yeah, amazing. And then I, I really love listening to like movie soundtracks and stuff as well not not podcast world but it massively influences our show for sure and it is mm. it is your howard shaw's your james newton howard's Hans zimmer john williams Hans zimmer all of these incredible soundtracks i'd love just like immersing myself murray gold all of the, I, I grew up just listening to the soundtracks from doctor who um and the a, music yeah. is just so good um so yeah, all of that has massively sort of leaked into our show as well. I find that as a writing tool actually as well, especially with the Grey trilogy, you know, being so sort of piratey. Um, you know, you, you get on YouTube these videos, it's like four hours of ambient pirate background music <laughs> um that some someone has taken the time to create and upload onto YouTube. And I just sit at the at the table with my laptop and my headphones on listening to that on repeat. Yeah. Um, whilst bashing out drafts for these scenes. Um, and I found that so useful. But 
I think, yeah, as you said, Christian, growing up listening to soundtracks, I think the first CD I ever bought was the Lord of the Rings uh, Two Towers soundtrack on CD that I used to put on when I was doing my literacy Incredible. homework um, in like year four. So I guess it, it da, goes da, way da, back. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, how can I fit the word fridge into a sentence, you know? And then you got that playing, <laughs> like, oh, it's going to be epic, whatever it is. <laughs> Boromir opened the fridge. Exactly. All right, that's one down. Let's get another one. There's 20 more to do before tomorrow morning. <laughs> Was Indiana Jones inside that fridge? <laughs> he could, oh, he ah. could have been. Very good. Marv, you, you, your references, I'm, I've already said it, fantastic. <laughs> I try. <laughs> I spend too much time watching films, listening to music, and... That's not possible. No. You can't spend too much time doing that. No. It's the joys of life, really, isn't it? So what advice would you give to anybody wanting to start a podcast? Um, I think concept is really important with podcasts. I think there are so many great podcasts, uh, but there are also so many podcasts where it, the podcast doesn't really know what it is, um, and it's just people chatting um and it changes and it develops and that's all right it takes time to sort of nail down exactly what it is that you're doing um as a podcast what your structure is but i do think a concept is really important when you're starting a podcast um because otherwise you might as well just be you know going to the pub and putting a microphone on the table with your friends um which is great for the people talking but less interesting for a listener i think yeah, I think if if there is any any chance of you filling filling a gap in, I saw I can't remember what the exact number was, but I saw someone tweeting the other day of the amount of podcasts now available on Spotify, and I think it's it's like 150 million yeah, like- podcasts or something. Um, yeah, wow. And everybody knows someone who makes a bleeding podcast, like someone you know makes a yeah. podcast so i'm not surprised that the number is that big but yeah filling filling a gap in some way putting your own spin on something um i think is really important as well i think as well uh i'm just gonna push this we've spoken about it t- so much already but just collaborate you know get other people's voices on there you know find interesting viewpoints to um to 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 spotlight i guess and don't be afraid to ask people what their opinions are who aren't involved, whether they be good or bad opinions, because you can take them on board and make changes accordingly. Definitely. Yeah. Feedback is always useful, whether you action that feedback or don't. Hearing it is so important. Um, you know, same with things like reviews and stuff, like to to hear what people think is is so valuable. Um, and it doesn't mean that you have to change what you're doing every time someone says something contrary to what you were doing before. Um, but it, it is really valuable because it makes you think about your own work in a different way. How many of you have seen the review that I left? I think we posted it, didn't we? I think we put it on our social media. You did? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, we loved yeah. it. It was, it was yeah. given those great references to the Muppets and the, the goons and yeah. stuff. We, yeah, we loved it. Well, I've already said that, you know, I've thought that. It's very much like that. It's like, you know, it's like the, the Muppet sort of analogy of you, if you, if you, if you, but in your own way. 
that's di- that's not the Muppets, but you know, it's it's got that sort of feel with the drama and then the songs put in there and yeah, and and all of that. Yeah, I think we I've, we really enjoyed you know pushing something to its dramatic limit, um, raising the stakes, <laughs> and then throwing in something lighter. You know, whether it's a joke, a pun, or, or a song, as you said, having that balance, I think, is really important. It also helps with the pace of storytelling because um, you don't linger in in one moment too long. Um, it, it keeps it keeps it rattling on, and we do love to cram our stories with a lot of action. Um, so we we kind of uh, we need that as as a tool to sort of get us from one thing to the next. Mm. I think Muppets Muppets is a really good comparison, actually. In quite a lot of the songs that they they throw in, they obviously it is heightened and bizarre and random that it's little felt creatures. But they're not necessarily spouting joke after joke. They are singing genuine lyrics that are furthering the plot. Um, I I cannot wait for. I think Disney Plus are releasing like a like an extended version of Muppet Christmas Carol this Christmas. Oh, and I love that. I'm I'm ready for it. I'm ready. Um, but yeah, like them breaking out into the song, and it is genuinely pushing the pushing the plot forward and if it if it wasn't a bunch of felt puppets with people's hands up them that would be taken <laughs> taken far more seriously um and i love that that is kind of where we take our show as well it, if it wasn't animals and if it wasn't yeah essentially if it wasn't animals it would it would put a whole entire different spin on it so just having placing it in this world that we've sort of cobbled together gives it this different, whole different angle. Yeah, if it wasn't animals, then people might think, well, what's this? This is a bit weird. But because you've gone that that level to it being animals, that's already taking you away from that sense of where we are in the real world and it's taking you into that world of its own. Yeah. Thank you for making that far better phrase than I did. <laughs> but what was I going to say with that? But I mean, I mean, the Muppets thing there, you were talking about, you know, um, you know, I'm going on a tangent here, but that makes me think of in a Muppet Christmas Carol, the, um, when they've got the song going on in the, in the street and you've got the singing fruit and vegetables on the stalls. Exactly. Yeah, I love yes. it. And no cheeses for us Mises. Yes. My favourite <laughs> line of the whole film. <laughs> Shout out to Muppet Christmas Carol. Shout out. Shout out to Muppet. <laughs> so, should we all watch Muppet Christmas Carol together at Christmas, guys? That'll be Ooh. nice. Mom, if you're invited. Sh- should we do it as a watch that watch party online? Shall Let's we? Do it. We'll do a tweet along. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm game for that. So, here's the bit that Harvey has been waiting for, and probably all of you. So, here we go for the Drum plug. Roll. Plug-in time, where to find you uh, and where to get hold of you. <laughs> Come on, Harvey, go let's go. Come on, Harvey. Well, I'll take it away. So, I mean, we're available on all uh, podcast platforms, streaming platforms, so Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Anchor, any of those. Um, and you can also find a link to stream all the episodes on our website, which is shoutingisfunny.com. Um, and on there as well, you'll find transcripts for all the episodes that have been released so far. Um, which is something that we've come to a bit late, um, but we're really pleased to have them available now. Um, and also all the artwork that we've done, um, 
for the characters, the uh, the map, the uh, scenes, things like that. So just loads, loads more to have a look at and explore on the website there. We've uh, also got a Patreon page, which you can get to via our website. Um, so for a very small amount of money each month, you can help us develop our next projects. We can bring you more Wild Hollow and you'll get some great treats as members along the way. Exclusive access to the recording of the work we do, as well as extra artwork and um, all sorts of goodies. Uh, and also, if you fancy taking a bit of Wild Hollow home with you, we've got some limited edition prints which are available on our website. Or you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Just type shouting is funny oh and while we're here christian so where is the the music going to be made available and how would they find it it's going to go across all uh major music streaming platforms so apple music spotify uh amazon music youtube music pretty much anywhere just search shouting is funny or the chronicles of wild hollow the soundtrack for the borsan trilogy is already available and yeah as i said the music for the Grey Trilogy is releasing on Friday the 7th of October. So it should, as this episode... That's this as week. This week. So when this episode airs, this it should be ready to go. It should. Okay. And just in case you've forgotten, is there anybody you've forgotten to shout out that you've had working on the shows other than yourselves? Oh, we've got... I mean, our cast... Amazingly, is quite large. So hang on, bear with me because I do want to. Sh- let's shout them all out because they all deserve it. Dun, 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 dun. We'll put a little bit of like interval music in between here. I'll write it for did you. It, if you want, did it, did it, it. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Score it out. Uh, no, right, shout we, out. We can't use that, Harvey. We can't use that. Shout out to Heather Gordy, Alice D. Mayer, Eleanor Kane, Laura Scarper, Sorrel Jordan, Joshua Riley, Leia Lewis, Emma Levy, Bethan Bark, Paddy Duff, Tom Chudley Evans, Roddy Lynch. Take a breath as we jump to the previous trilogy. He's not there yet. Further shout out to Elliot McKenzie, Bethan Bark, Charlotte Swarbrick. Barney Fletcher, Aidan Day, Liam Bull, Eve Leon Allen. And then we did a we did a silly April Fools where we said Beyonce Knowles, Daniel Day Lewis, Morgan Freeman, and Meryl Streep were involved. So they can get a shout out as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think there's 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 one person we're missing to shout out. Um who's been who's been vital in this this whole process. Shout out to you, Marv. Wow, to me? Yeah, to you, Marv. Yeah. Shout oh. out to you. Why me? Why, why me? But, uh, for arranging and hosting us in this wonderful show. Thank you very much. Been a Thank lovely you. evening. It has. Well, it's yeah. been. Yeah. I've enjoyed the drinks that Harvey bought with him. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Oh, I've been guzzling water. I've had a tickly throat. I was, yeah, worried oh. I was going to have a coughing fit, so. I was just yeah. about to say that you mix a really good um, Southern Comfort and Coke. Oh. oh, lovely. Yeah, it's nice, that. Yes. Sweet. Yes. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. Anyway, thank you for talking with me today, guys. Thanks very much, Marv. No, thank you so pleasure. much. Thank great. you so much. It's been grand. 
Thank you very much. You can find Pods Like Us on any streaming platform and just look for Pods Like Us on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. And you can contact me through podslikeus at gmail.com. Also, if you go to Patreon, for £1 a month, you get episodes without any of the trailers in and you get extra quick episodes that are just basically me promoting other shows. So I will occasionally say i'll say oh here are 10 shows that are about this sort of subject that you could check out well actually five shows don't give yourself too much work marv but if you go to patreon and look for pods like us you'll find that there as well just like i said for, for a pound a month it's nothing anyway thank you everyone for listening and hope you listen again to another episode of pods like us Shout out Eleanor Kane. Shout out Catford Muse. Full podcast of shout outs. That's that's what's <laughs> going to happen here. Shout out to Funny. Yes. Go. Shout out to Alex. Yeah. Thank you, Alex. Shout out to Alex. www.shoutingisfunny.com. Shout out to Luther Vandross. Shout out to Bob Dylan. Yep. Shout out to Bob Dylan. <laughs> All these shout outs. I can't <laughs> wait for the little sound bites at the end. Mm. Shout out to the soundtrack releasing on Friday the 7th of October. Shout out to limited edition art prints at shoutingisfunny.com. That's true. Oh, this has just become one big plug. It has, it? yeah. No, it's an in-depth conversation that I'm really enjoying, actually, Christian. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. And another fantastic analogy just dropped in there. Yeah. We're sticking to the, yeah, to the, to to the bathroom-related <laughs> metaphors. <laughs> Grant Olding, um, who's a composer. Shout out. Shout out to Grant Olding. Shout out to Aragon. Yeah, sorry. Shout out to J.R.R. Tolkien, quickly. Shout out to Heather Gordy. Shout out to her. Our wonderful Artemis Grey. We got her in the booth. Alice E. Mayer, Salami. We got her in. Um, And Eleanor Kane, who plays Freya Grey, Artemis's mother. David Tennant's on at the moment, isn't he, in the West End? He is. Oh, that's Andy. a good shout. That's yeah, David we'll go Tennant. Shout out to David Tennant. Grab him. Shout yep. out to David We're coming Tennant. for you. Shout out to Loris Scarpa. He plays... Oh, lovely. Yeah. He plays Pablo the Seagull in the Grey Trilogy. And and Jeffrey and, the Beaver. And Jeffrey... Let, let's not forget, but... <laughs> right there. Shout out to <laughs> Patrick Stewart. Shout out again to Patrick Stewart. There we are. Um, Shout out to Muppet Christmas Carol. Shout out. Shout out to Muppet. <laughs> so, should we all watch Muppet Christmas Carol together at Christmas, guys? That'll Ooh. be nice. Mom, you're invited. Shout out to Heather Gordy, Alice D. Mayer, Eleanor Kane, Loris Scarper, Sorrel Jordan, Joshua Riley, Leia Lewis, Emma Levy, Bethan Bark, Paddy Duff. Tom Chudley Evans, Roddy Lynch. Take a breath as we jump to the previous trilogy. Further shout out to Elliot McKenzie, Bethan Bark, Charlotte Swarbrick.
Barney Fletcher, Aidan Day, Liam Bull, Eve Leon Allen, and then we did a we did a silly April Fools where we said Beyonce Knowles, Daniel Day Lewis, Morgan Freeman, and Meryl Streep were involved, so they can get a shout out as well. Shout out to you, Marv. Wow, to me? Yeah, to you, Marv. Yeah. Shout oh. out to you. Why me? Why why me? But for arranging and hosting us in this wonderful show, thank you very much. It's been a thank lovely you. evening. It has. Well, yeah. It's been yeah. I've enjoyed the drinks that Harvey bought with him. 